I know uh, it seems like we are just dragging through this section, but the truth of the matter is, if you look at verse 18, be filled with the Spirit is probably the least understood and definitely the least practiced tool that a Christian has. I have some friends who are Presbyterian and they're scared to death of the Holy Spirit. And the reason is, is that they have, if you see what is touted as the Spirit of the living God in this day and age, it is such a perversion that, uh, you know, there's probably, I guess, good reason to be a little bit of afraid of some of the craziness that is out there in quote-unquote the name of the Spirit. And yet, we have a command to be filled with the Spirit. We need our sails full, moving us where the Spirit of the living God wants us. And it breaks my heart to see some of the stuff that the Holy Spirit is blamed for. I mean, it used to be we blamed Satan, that Flip Wilson theology. Uh, the devil made me do it. Uh, but now we are doing the Holy Spirit. And uh, I cannot find in 66 books of the Bible where the Holy Spirit acts as a fool. And yet there are people in the name of the Holy Spirit acting like fools. So if you would please follow, and we will eventually get through these verses. Maybe four weeks, four more Sundays. Do not be drunk with wine, for that is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody with your heart to the Lord. Always giving thanks for all things in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to God, even the Father. And be subject to one another in the fear of Christ. We love you, Father. We thank you so much. I beg you now to teach. Remove me and put your words into my brothers and sisters' ears, into their soul, into their heart, that they may understand and they can drink deep with great confidence of the amazing things that the Spirit of the living God does. We love you. In Christ's name, amen. Okay, you've got to remember something about this book. The book teaches that we are one. There's no Jew, there's no Gentile. You are one in the person of Christ. As Christ and the Father are one, we are one with Christ, and we are therefore one with the Father in Christ, okay? we got to understand that. Do you understand that in the years that I have walked with the king, the biggest division that has ever been in the church is music? Now think about that for a second. Some of you guys know about Cowboy Camp. It's out east. It's based on the old tent revivals. They used to have uh, one preacher would go from ranch to ranch to ranch and gather people together and have church services. That's basically what Cowboy Camp is. It starts down in... Uh, New Mexico runs up through Oklahoma, Colorado, over into Wyoming, and then back to New Mexico. The family that I'm involved with 
has been doing cowboy camp. Well, not this year, but until this year, since 1956, they've been meeting for a week every year to worship God, to have the Bible expounded and to sing. They eat. You can camp out there. They have chuck wagon style dinners and all the rest. And it's totally awesome. And Hank says his biggest problem every year is music is music. And I've had my run-ins with it, I can say. Yet, I always remember that we are one. We are one. We are to walk humble. We are to walk in love. We are to walk in wisdom. We are to walk worthy. And to do all of that, we must be Spirit-filled. I shared with you that it starts out as a contrast that is a command. Okay, and I told you the the meaning of it and the means of it. Okay, but then we've been dealing with the consequences. If I'm spirit-filled, if I am being carried along by the Spirit of God, you don't have to be a great theologian to understand there has to be consequences. If the Spirit of the living God has filled you, it must be seen. And it's interesting because in verse 19, he starts off with the first one, and the consequence is with ourselves. With ourselves. Okay? The Spirit filled. What happens to us. If I'm spirit filled, how does it affect me? Well, out of the heart, sing to the Lord. And I looked at this last week in detail, and it's a new song. It's a new song. And I shared with you a new song is always based on redemption. All right, because the redeemed, the born again, the, the saved, they have a whole different outlook. And therefore, when the music comes out of their heart, it is going to the Lord, but the new song is a song of the redeemed. Listen, we don't sing like the world. We have a song of the redeemed. And if you're really honest, I want you to think about this because this has kind of been bouncing around between my little ears for a while. For the lost to sing our songs seems silly. How can a lost person sing from the heart a song of redemption to God? I mean, do you see what I'm trying to get at? And so when I hear people try to use music as an evangelistic tool, to me, that seems kind of weird. Because I'm a firm believer that it is through the preaching of the gospel that people are saved. And I don't know how I get a lost person singing Kumbaya and they're going to get saved. I went over this quite a bit 
And I've shown you over last week specifically how God feels about music. And I found it fascinating because God loves music. Okay, And he loves that music that reflects this new song of redemption. I, I showed you Jesus Christ will stand on the Mount of Olives and he will build a temple unto him that has two choir laws in it facing each other. And a few other odds and ends. I didn't go through the seven chapters that deal with it in Ezekiel. And that tells me that God wants us to turn it up. I want you to turn it up. And I started last week, I had said, I've got some questions about this text. Verse 19, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody with your heart. To the Lord. Hmm. Okay. So, my first question who do I sing to? Ourselves. Any of you guys ever drive in your car and sing? I did once, but the windshield cracked, and I thought that probably shouldn't do that anymore. Then I learned if I roll my window down, it. Seems to soften the blow. <laughs> the thing is, is we can sing to ourselves. We can sing among ourselves. But the, uh, the key is, it should always be to the Lord. To the Lord. When you sing, you should sing loud. You should sing confident. And you should sing to heaven. Okay. Now, if you don't know the words, don't do that. Because I've seen, I, 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 yeah, then, stop, stop, stop. Okay. But sadly, today, many believe that music is a tool of evangelism. Uh, some of you have known we've had different congregations meet here. We had a Korean church, we had a Spanish church, and we had another Spanish church, and we've got an English church, and, and, all of them have one thing in common. It's kind of weird. For us to be successful, we've got to have good music. And uh, that ain't right. Listen, I like good music. Okay? And I will tell you this. Music will attract a crowd. Music will not hold a crowd. The gospel will hold the crowd. Music can draw it, but music will not save anybody. Our songs, our music is directed among ourselves to the Lord. To the Lord. If you've ever been around... Uh, I've had the blessing several different times in pastors' conferences uh, down in Glorietta, out in California, different places in Chattanooga, Albuquerque, um, to uh, be with church leaders. Okay, and hear men of God 
who are solely focused on the Word of God. Sing unto God. Just will freak you out. I mean, it will freak you out. But you know these men, because of the conferences I was attending, they're not worried about music. They're worried about rightly dividing truth. The singing of the saints is always among ourselves, and it is always unto God. Okay, because what good is it for unsaved people to sing a new song of redemption? You ever thought about that? I I have seen this. Have you ever seen it? Uh, I call it badgering music. Uh, when they have a altar call, I've been in a couple of churches. They have an altar call, and they keep singing until somebody gets out of their chair and walks forward. And that I did this one time. I stopped. It's Father's Day in Phoenix, Arizona, and it's Father's Day. Phoenix, Arizona. I went to a big church. Everybody told these people were baptizing 20,000 people a year. You're like, whoa, man. You know, Alice Cooper attends this church. And I thought, you really want to brag about that? But anyway, when Glenn Campbell was alive, he attended it. I mean, it had, had celebrities. So I go in and I sit down and, uh, special music is Harry Chaffin's Cats in the Cradle. You ever heard that song? Okay, that that was the special music. Now the the people who did it, oh, yeah, you guys got this down. Uh, and so anyway, but then the pastor got up. He's got a Bible and he hawks around. I like it when them guys. I'm not coordinated enough to do that. Where you hold the Bible in your hand. I usually got something stuck in somewhere that it would fall out and then I'd be lost forever. But he's walking around with the Bible in his hand, doing this. You know how how they do it. You know what I'm talking about? Okay. And he is explaining, expositing cats in the cradle and the silver spoon. And I'm sitting there going, I'm in my father's house on Father's Day, and we're doing what? Okay. But then at the end of this thing, he has an altar call. And then it begins. We ain't stopping singing until you come forward. And I, listen, if I gotta beg you to bow before Jesus, you don't deserve Him. Sorry. So, who do we sing? We sing to each other, and our voices go to the Lord. Second question I have here, and it kind of leans into what I just described to you. Where does this song come from? Okay. What, what, what is the point of origin? Okay. Verse 19 says, depending on your translation, this New American Standard says, with your heart. Some of yours will say, in your heart. Okay. The true uh, text, the word in, is not in the text, okay? It is implied because of the case that the noun appears in. All right, you're all confused yet? Wait, I'm not done. 
Okay, it's in the locative sphere. Okay, locative sphere means it could be an instrument of means or an instrument of course. All right. So singing and melody caused by our heart is to the Lord. So what we sing, because it's locative, it is the means is my heart, which is the dwelling place of who? The Holy Spirit. And the course would be to the Lord because I'm spirit filled. Cool, huh? I thought that was kind of cool. I mean, you might all be sitting on, I have no idea what he just said, but he was excited about it. I've heard preachers like it. I don't know what it was. But he, was he, he was thrilled. <laughs> Singing in the melody are caused by my heart. My heart is fresh because it is redeemed. And because my heart is refreshed because it is redeemed, I am filled with the Spirit of the living God. And I sing unto my Redeemer. Our singing is from our heart. Okay, if it is not in your heart, you can't sing it. I mean, you can go through the words, but that is definitely not the way the Lord wants it. So we have it's it's hard for me to describe because. To each, it's personal. Every believer. We have in our heart, there's times when it just strikes us. God saved me. God saved me. I was listening to Paul Warsher this week, and he said, God saved him from him. Did you get that? God saved us from him. He is a just God, therefore He is a wrathful God. And because of His justice and His righteousness, the only way you can avoid Him as a judge is if He saves you. And I thought, man, you know how many Christians haven't gotten that bell yet? I mean, to think about it, we were saved from the wrath of God. We were saved from the wrath of God by God, for God. Therefore, in my heart, there rings a melody. Ain't that a song? Yeah, keep preaching, stop singing. I know, I know, I'm moving on. Let me show you what this thing looks like. The book of Psalms is a book of songs. That's hard to say. Okay. Israel had been captured by Babylon. Okay. They were heartbroken. All right. They were taken from their chosen land. The temple had been destroyed. Jerusalem had been destroyed, their homes had been destroyed, and now they were in captivity to a pagan nation. All right. Psalm 137, verse 1. By the rivers of Babylon, there we sat down and wept. 
Okay? When we remembered Zion upon the willows in the midst of it, we hung our harps. For there our captors demanded us songs and our tormentors mirth saying, Sing us one of the songs of Zion. How can we sing the Lord's song in a foreign land? If I forget you, O Jerusalem, may my right hand forget her skill. May my tongue cling to the roof of my mouth if I do not remember you, for I do not exalt Jerusalem above my chief joy. Okay? How can I sing when I have a new song of my redemption and I am in captivity by a bunch of pagans. I can't sing. How can I sing of the excellencies of Zion when I'm in Babylonian captivity? How do I sing with joy in my heart when there is nothing joyous in my life? When there is no song in your heart, then there is no song that their voice either. And of course, the mocking of the Babylonians. Make entertainment. They couldn't sing. They couldn't entertain. But you know what? I look at this text, and there's a little part of me over here that admires them. You're like, what? They weren't hypocrites. They weren't going to sing a new song of redemption going into prison as prisoners into Babylon. You know what that is? They weren't performing. They weren't going into showbiz. Anybody been to a church or seen a church that is in showbiz? Okay. If no song is in their heart, there wouldn't be one on their lips. No singing, no harps. They hung their harps on the willows. Listen, if it is not in the heart, you can't sing with much credibility. Okay? There are those who sing for money. There are those who sing for fame. Now, I'm not talking about secular. I'm talking in the body of Christ. There are those who play, and they play with pride and for pride. But yet they sing without the Spirit. They sing without being filled with the Spirit. But that is not what God wants to hear. I don't care how, how good it is. I told you, I think a couple of weeks ago, there was a lady who was singing up at Cherry Hills. And uh, if you just shut your eyes, you would hear Janis Joplin singing Christian music. And you're just like, wow. That's pretty good. There's a guy, uh, he writes some of his own songs. He has a heart for veterans. Uh, firm believer. He loves... Uh, 
he goes out of cowboy camp. I'm going to try to get him here if Kansas to ever let him out. But he's more of a the country western stuff. But when he sings and he plays, it is out of his heart. And you can hear it. The guy's a farmer. That's what he does for a living. He's a farmer. He uh, he says, I just drive a combine. <laughs> I say, well, okay, whatever. <laughs> Stir up traffic, don't you? But uh, I've, I would like to get him here. We'll see how it works out. Because he always asks, they ask him out there to come out to cowboy camp. And he says, I'll be there on what nights are Terry preaching. And that's kind of cool. Two rednecks like each other. Except he's talented and I just smile. Okay, but I mean, this guy, this guy's good because he, he does, I mean, but it's out of his heart. I mean, you can just hear it. You can just hear it. And I don't know, I grew up with music, so maybe I'm just more attuned to it. That is not what God wants if you're not singing it out of your heart. Okay? It's that kind of song that you sing if that's how you sing it, that it's not out of your heart, you know, I just need to get through this. Well, we got three songs this morning. I get through these three songs and we'll get going. You know what? Do me a favor. Do God a favor. Don't sing. If it ain't coming out of your heart, don't sing. It ain't that big a deal. If you're bitter, if you're angry, and it's pointed toward God, Please don't sing. God doesn't want to hear you. And you know what? You don't really want to be hypocritical. I mean, does a hypocrite really think he can hide from God? Well, some do. It's kind of crazy. <laughs> but, uh, but they'll give it a shot. God doesn't want to hear that. Listen, because our song is from our heart and it's based from the Spirit of the living God on our redemption. Those songs should be Spirit-filled, reaching up to heaven loud, confidently, with overwhelming joy. Songs filled with the Spirit. One of the first things that we can understand if we're spirit-filled is that there's a song in our heart that we just want to bring forth to heaven. We can sing it to ourselves. We can sing it with other believers. I've uh, I've been dealing with the... Uh, people are really into this political whatever. And... Uh, so I've been gathering my uh, <laughs> my information on different governments at different times. So I've been in the book of Amos. Amos was a farmer. Amos really cheered up Israel. <laughs> he indicted them every time he turned around. Okay, And you know why he indicted them? You know what? The number one reason that he was bringing indictments against the nation because they kept singing 
And he knew by their actions it wasn't from their heart and it definitely wasn't to the Lord. Even though their hearts weren't right, they kept singing. So in Amos chapter 5, verse 21, here's Amos cheering up the nation. I hate, I reject your festivals, nor do I delight in your solemn assemblies, even though you offer up to me burnt offerings and grain offerings, I will not accept them. I will not even look at your peace offerings of your failings. Take away from me the noise of your songs. I will not even listen to the sound of your harps. Ow. You know? Okay, now... This is where it falls straight into the United States today. The next verse. But let justice roll down like waters and righteousness like ever flowing stream. Till you come back to justice and righteousness, keep your pie hole shut. I don't want to hear your guitars. I don't want to hear your sitars. I don't want to hear nothing. I don't want to hear your pianos. I don't want to hear nothing. I want to see justice and I want to see righteousness. I don't even want your sacrifices. Until you get that right, he's definitely not interested in your music. See, God wants to hear the heart song of the redeemed. That song comes from the spirit-filled life. Do you see? I know I probably haven't been quite adequate with it, but do you see the priority God has given to song? I mean, He takes the offerings, but He's already told you that the offerings don't do it. It is... Spirit-filled life that doesn't. That's what's going to cause it happiness. Because song, the new song of the redeemed, it is released of the heart why our music is different. And it has to be. Which, as a pastor, drives me nuts. When all these churches want their songs to sound like the world. The Spirit of God is so unique that our songs can't be like the rest of the world. Our songs should be unique. And I hear people say, well, I need to write a song. You know, the book of Psalms is a book of songs. Why don't you figure out how to put some music to it? God is not like our system. Too much of our music today is from us to us. And listen, I grew up with the music of the world. Okay? And if you grew up with the music that I grew up with, you do not have to be a theologian. You do not have to be a believer. You do not have to be a pastor, an elder, or anything like that to know what's behind it. Okay? Now, I've heard some guys get off into the, well, it's because of the rhythm and the beat. Yeah, give me a break, man. 
I know what's behind it. I've heard music in different countries. Public. And you know what? Here's how I describe secular music. Okay, whether it is in Azerbaijan, whether it was in Lebanon, whether it was in Israel, whether it was in Russia, whether, you know, whether it was in um, Georgia, wherever. Okay? I call it nomadic. Okay, and what do I mean by that? It never comes from anywhere and it never arrives anywhere. Okay? There's no source, there's no result. It's aimless, and the reason I say it's aimless is because it so easily becomes cultic. I mean, I've seen the Grateful Dead several times. And there's times that they were hiring a a Russian Navy. Okay? And I mean, they were off-key... They were missing chords. I mean, and you could hear it, and you're sitting there, and these people were going goofy over it. And I'm sitting there listening to it, and I was like, wait a minute. Yeah, I mean, when these guys are sober, man, they're good. But yet that following, because it doesn't go anywhere, and it doesn't result in anything, that following hangs in there and follows it. And you realize that, well, it isn't saying anything. Listen to the words of amazing grace. What a wretched man I am. But now I'm saved. See, that started here and it went over here. Okay. I I grew up with rock and roll. You didn't do nothing. You just, oh, and I was talking to Stephanie this morning. I said, and this new stuff is just bang, 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 and scream. And bang, 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 and scream. And you're like, wow, it just sounds like you're mad. This is stuff that is out there that is really kind of aimless. Why I call it nomadic is because it inherently has in it. Listen, I don't care if it's country and western. I don't care if it's bluegrass. I don't care if it's the blues. I don't care if it's rock and roll. I don't care if it's acid rock. I don't care if it's even bang, bang, bang and yell. Okay? It is restless. It is restless. Okay, but let me tell you something, brother and sister. If you're a Christian, how in the world can you be restless? Our restlessness has been resolved in Christ. Music of our world is seductive. That's what it's for. Okay? Let me give you these lyrics and tell me what you think about this. These are lyrics. I'm in love deeply, in love with my lover, with the lover of my soul. That's on Christian radio. Okay, now let me tell you, what is that? And how is Jesus Christ glorified in that? How is God exalted in that? I'm in love with the lover of my soul? Was that Bob? See what I mean? It's meaningless, it's aimless. 
You know, I think about country and western. The first album that I ever heard in my life, what do you call it, vinyl now, was Hank Williams. Okay? Not Junior, <laughs> Daddy. Okay? And how, how many country and western songs will just flat out cheer you up? My dog died, my beer's empty, and my wife left me. Do you see what I mean? And then you get the blues. The blues comes out of the Negroes. And that was actually out of the slavers. And you know they were happy. Why do they call it blues? I remember an interview with B.B. King. He says, you don't play the blues, you live them. Well, golly, let me get a part of that. Rock and roll. It shows the unrest of the emotions. And you know what? Uh, me and Stephanie go round and round about it. Uh, we have a conflict in music. So, but we're one in Christ. But she'll always, could you turn that down or shut your door? <laughs> okay. Rock and roll is meant for people who don't want to use their brains. Okay. And listen, I can say it. You know, people will say, well, what are you listening to? Well, I don't know. I've always got a radio on in the background. Well, what are you listening to? Oh, I don't know. It's whatever station would come in. Okay? That's rock and roll. And let me tell you something. And there's more of it that is out there. Styles of music. Uh, you know, some of you sit there and go, I should have become a musician. There's techno I mean, I, uh, a girl in uh, Moscow gave me this Christian CD, and it's all techno music. Russia is big into techno music. Uh, and the problem is it's all in Russian. So they're sharing the gospel in tongues. I don't know. I do know what they say. And it's that, do you know what techno is? Yeah, okay, because that, that's, I can handle that more than I can rap. But it's, listen, this is pure opinion here. But I, Okay, listen. This is all is the world. And let me tell you something about it. Nowhere in there did I describe a new song. Okay? I'm in love, deeply in love with the lover of my soul. And we call that Christian. I, I, I don't understand that. Listen, Jerry Garcia had stuff deeper than that. And he had no idea where the planet Earth was. Walk of faith. Okay, you know, we're called to walk in faith, right? And we walk so our faith is strengthened and all the rest of it. Let me tell, give you something that you can chew on for a little bit. The walk of faith takes you and I from where we are to where we should be. That's the walk of faith. I know that, you know, for me, that's pretty simple, but I'm starting here so I can get over here. Okay? My music should start here and help me get over here. If you listen to the music of the world, you will not find a genre of music that has that ability. 
things that are honest, pure, things that are lovely, of good report. If there be any virtue, be any praise, think on these things. Listen, I came out when uh, my generation is when the churches were having album burnings for rock and roll and all of this other goofy stuff. Whatever. I have some great men that I honor and, and respect tremendously that would say that if you listen to anything other than spiritual songs and hymns, you're opening yourself up to the devil. Dude, traffic does that. And, you know, and I honor the men. If you want to believe that, go ahead. Go ahead. But I also know, and we looked at this on Wednesday night, we guard our hearts. Out of our hearts are the issues of our life. So I guard it. That's like that music I told you about. Bang, 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 bang. Yell, 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 yell. Bang, bang, bang. How do you not listen to 10 minutes of that and walk out mad? I mean, if I can't understand the lyrics, I ain't listening to it. I mean, I don't know what you're saying. And then in some cases, I can understand the lyrics and I ain't listening to that. That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard in my life. I'm so much older now, I'm younger than that now. Uh, what? You see what I mean? I mean, yeah, that's, that's confusing. If we don't protect our minds from the assaults of Satan, we will not be able to defend ourselves when the slide begins to come. Let me tell you something. I don't care who you are. I don't care how long you've walked with God. I don't care how many books of the Bible you've memorized. I don't care how many sermons you've listened to. I don't care whose radio ministry you listen to. I don't care about any of that. The slide is coming. It will come to each and every one of us. If you have not guarded your head, you'll take off and be Yahoo! But you will hit a slide. You can't in this world. In this world, you will have tribulations. Okay, are you ready? And you know what? I would agree with some of these uh, men that I have great admiration to. There is an assault that comes from music. But I can get an assault from watching the evening news. And you sit there and go, oh man, you guys got it all. And I, I regard that when I say music, I'm talking about the music of our day. I, I mean, it's, I, you know, I don't, I love music. I love all kinds of music. Okay? Classical guitar. I watched a guy playing a guitar. He had in his hands what are the crown jewels of Spain. And it's these guitars. And he's playing this thing. And I thought, you know, I bet that guitar is worth 14 or 15 bucks. But he's playing this thing. And if you shut your eyes, you think there's three of them up there. And then I watched him. He did this thing. This It's a classical piece to the shepherd. And halfway through it, you have to 
renote it. So he's actually changing the keys with the strings. He stops and then goes, goes again. You're sitting there going, I sat next to this text and he says, how many guys is up there? I can't see, I can't see how many people's up there. But the guy had planned, he wanted to be a millionaire. Okay. By the time he was 21 and he was going to do it by playing the guitar. And then when he got a million bucks, he was going to quit. He's going to buy him a little place up in Montana and trout fish, fly fish. And so he did it. And he did that for about a month and said, whatever, he rolled back into L.A. Somebody turned him on to Grace Community Church. The boy got saved. He started teaching guitar lessons at some college in Montana. And, of course, all of the orchestras and all these other things wanted. He says, I will only perform if I'm allowed to give my testimony and the gospel of Jesus Christ after every performance. He says because he knew he couldn't do anything in ministry <laughs> fly fishing. <laughs> so, Christopher Parkening. You can find any of his stuff. Guy can... Light up a guitar. I mean, I'm a good, I love guitars. He's not ranked by a Rolling Stone in the top 50. God made music. God made music with a purpose. Okay. Know this. Everything God makes and a purpose, Satan perverts. Listen, I want you to understand something. Confusion is never authored by God. He is the author of order. He is the author of peace. Let me give you a quote from these really music guys. The guys waiting. I mean, some of these people said, "You know what that pitch is?" Nah, I thought it was about a fastball, a little high and tight. Anyway, here's a quote. Music represents the passions of the soul. And if one listens to the wrong music, he will become the wrong person. Unquote. What rock star do you suppose said that? Try Aristotle. Okay? I think he played the gazoo. You know, there's nothing new under... The sun, okay? This was centuries ago that Aristotle saw what music could do. This was, hey, listen, Aristotle made that statement before there was four-part harmony. Most of the time it was one-part harmony. It's not our music, the world's. It's not ours. Christians have in common... This is something that, you know, I've been really chewing on, but Christians have in common, we all have a new song. Every one of us. I mean, you may not be able to carry a tune in a bucket, but you still have a new song. Salvation, redemption gives every believer a new song. And God has given that to us so that we may know that we are being spirit-filled. That is how we express it. Let me express my redemption. Sing loud to the Lord. A new song of redemption.
Okay? When I go back to my text in, in Ephesians, you know what's amazing to me? The first thought that God wanted to give His children on being Spirit-filled was to us. I want you to see what it looks like to us. I want my children to know what Spirit-filled looks like and feels like to us. That's kind of cool when you're getting a gift like that from He who spoke existence into me. Were you there when I flung the stars in the sky? Uh, nope. But I'll give you a new song and you'll know that my Spirit has filled you. Let's pray. Lord, thank You for Your Holy Word. Father, we're not like the world. Our new song is not like the world. But Father, we are in the world. So help us as we look this morning to protect us from the evil one. And Father, help us to guard our minds. When when the battles come, and Lord, they will come. Lord, we may already be in them. But when they do, you'll protect us. You'll guard us. And hopefully, we collectively here, even with those who are missing, are willing to step up in the gap, shoulder to shoulder with our brothers and sisters, and walk worthy. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. In Christ's name, amen.